Welcome to the Perspectives with Catherine Toon podcast. Well, hello, everybody. This is Catherine Toon, and welcome to Perspectives with Catherine Toon. And I have some dear, 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 dear friends on today uh, who have such powerful, powerful revelation and are, can't, just can't wait to share it. So I am so excited. So these, this is Pastor Rick and Sheila Watts, pastors Rick and Sheila Watts, and they're from South Carolina, Orangeburg. And I, let me just read a little thing. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's so much fun. I'm so excited. I know you guys are just chock full of everything. So let me just read your little bio so people have a little bit of idea about your background and they're, then they're going to get more of an idea of who you are and fall in love with you like I have uh, when you guys start sharing. So pastors Rick and Sheila believe that the arts are a vital part of worship. Well, pastor Rick has mentored many in musical worship. Pastor Sheila has mentored many in interpretive dance worship. She has established dance teams throughout the Southeast and they've ministered from Detroit to Orlando to Birmingham to the National Day of Prayer in Washington, D.C. Pastors Rick and Sheila's are the first and foremost worshipers with a desire to see all expressions of worship bring glory to God. The many times in the past, the church has not made room for special anointings to be released in worship. And those with such gifts have gone to the world to express their talents that were meant for God. It's time to embrace those who do not fit into our molds and promote them into the kingdom. As a father's heart ministry with an apostolic mantle, uh, it is pastors Rick and Sheila's desires to raise up sons and daughters in faith by embracing the plan, purpose, destiny, calling, and vision that God has placed in each of them and to see them go further than anyone has seen before. Rick and Sheila currently pastor Impact Church. Uh, Impact Church is a multi-ethnic IPHC church in Orangeburg, South Carolina, where people are so valued and impacted by the love of the Father that they impart, that they impact others. This is a place where all are embraced in love and where worship is a celebration of Christ in everyone. Love that. And yes, all of that. So welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so excited. I know we were chatting a little bit beforehand with what you were uh, wanting to bring, but, uh, you know, I know you are, you, you guys have been in ministry forever. How many years have you guys been ministering? Uh, we've pastored for, you tell me. Oh my goodness. We've pastored for 31 years. Right. But I know you ministered and before I'll that, right? <laughs> reach uh, I've been preaching since I was 15, so it'll soon be 45 years. Wow. You know, and each wow. of us, each of us had divine encounters when we were young. I was taken yes. to a youth, uh, summer camp. That's what they call youth camp. My parents did not, uh, see the need for me to go to church, but my grandmother did. And so I went to a youth camp and I was really, it was like four o'clock in the morning. They carried me out because I was, <laughs> I had that Holy Ghost laughter. I was just, I was just bonkered. I mean, I was just, David Wilkerson, I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit under David Wilkerson, or awakened to it and know to know what it was all about. And so I didn't really go the world, the world's way, you know, mm-hmm. but I did go the religious way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know which one is worse. You too? Oh, no. <laughs> so I don't know which one. It might have been better for me to be out in the world. But anyway, it's for glory to glory. It's all for his purposes, Absolutely. right? Yes. Absolutely. And as a child, I had an encounter at five years old where just overwhelming love of God touched me, you know, at five. And uh, I remember just crying out and just thanking him how much he loved me. I just sensed that love. And and like Sheila, you know, it was my grandmother that took me to church as well. uh, (laughs) All you grandmothers out there, hey, get a hold of those children, kidnap them and take them (laughs) somewhere to be in the presence of the And the mothers would love the relief. So, you know, come on, it's a (laughs) win-win. So, you know, I too went down the religious route, you know, but there were a lot of good things uh, foundationally in a relationship with God in where I grew up, the church that I grew up in. So I'm thankful for my past, you know, I don't live in my past. But it, it was uh but shalom, nothing yeah. missing, nothing wasted. Yeah, and I don't look at things that were um 
maybe wrong mindsets Mm -hmm. as stumbling blocks and to look back and to criticize. I look at everything as stepping stones to where we've grown to in the Lord now. And we're still growing in the Lord. We're just being transformed. Our minds are being transformed. Our lives are being transformed even now. Are you not hearing me? Yeah. Okay. Now okay, I could sorry. hear you. I, I guess when one of us speaks, yeah, I understand. <laughs> we might need. Hey, we talked about before. We might need four hours. Oh, right. Well, hey, we'll get part two, part three. This will be yeah. awesome. <laughs> so I love that so much, and I love your attitude because sometimes what happens when we uh, go the religious route and have gone the and are detoxing from the religious route. We, um, we drop kick everything all together and we throw out the baby with the bathwater. And I love the way you honor where you came from while saying, you know what, Houston, we have a problem. Uh, but, you know, but this was gold here. Now this, no, we got to get rid of that. But you honor what's there and you can build on what you have. You can't build yeah. on what you haven't. And so, you know, I kind of, I, I figure, uh, God is able to, if we're kind of a moving, uh, a, 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 a person in motion, it's easier to direct someone in motion than someone who's just sitting there. I got to get all my ducks in a row before I move. That's well, my ducks are all over the place, but I'm moving and Jesus is getting that it all cleared up and it's beautiful. You guys radiate love. I love it. And I know you guys have so much. Uh, that you carry and so much to share. So what is on your heart topic wise or whatever, you guys can just dive in. I don't want to hold you back. <laughs> well, uh, we have been on this journey. Um, and really, uh, when we read your book, Mark by Love, I recommend everyone. In fact, I'm shipping yes. out, one. I'm mailing one today to someone because it really put us on a different, um, path. You know what I'm saying? We're all on the same path, but it, it really, it was where it led to Oz, you know, wizard. it led to the wisdom. Yeah. And so, um, so in that it began a really exploratory, um, in-depth study of who God is, even though we've been told who God is. And, but, but, you know, we have, we still have these strongholds that we don't realize are there it, because that religion so indoctrinates and so like tries to put things in cement. So, as we began think, looking at our people in our church and everything, we, we have a heart for the, just the concept of oneness. Yes. And, you know, we've been trying to do things with other churches for 31 years. And this is the hardest. It is the most difficult to get a bunch of pastors in one room. It is almost impossible. Everyone's in their own corner. I call them the holy huddles. They've got their holy huddle, <laughs> their holy huddle, their holy huddle. Dang. And say, And if you all get together, I could really kick the ball and, you know, we could go somewhere. But um, they're huddling together for their strategy to to for their name, for their, you know, how they're going to uh, display the kingdom. But they're missing the big picture. And and it begins with wholeness. I'm going to let my husband talk about more because he's got more of a depth teaching of it. But I just have that. I'm just like a. I just, just, I just get the main fact and all the other details. I'm like, okay, but oneness, but until you know that you're one with God, which I didn't know, right? How are you going to be, how are you going to have the concept that you're one with everybody else? So we just go for doctrine a lot and we don't understand our oneness with God. And I'll let you take off on that, honey. Yes. Well, before I say something about that part, let me also mention the book marked by love. If you have not read the the book marked by love, I urge you to get it. But not only just to read it, but get the workbook, get everything you can and take your time and allow the Holy Spirit to do a mighty work. And just work don't read it one time. No, no, need, don't read like it. It's just like a Bible. Once. It's Catherine's Bible. Uh, <laughs> our ladies took eight months to get through this wow. book. Okay. On a weekly and that everybody read over and over yes. and over. And I'm telling you, it's not just a book of revelation. But it is a book that love just permeates through every word. God's love for us and in fashioning us in his own image that we were marked by love before the foundation of the universe, one with him. And we'll t- that's where we're going to go in just a minute, that we were one with him. We have always been one with him and we will forever be one with him. And it's you know, impossible honey, to it, separate. It scattered some people. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. But it solidified the ones that were hungry for truth. And they didn't have a hidden agenda. They wanted to know the Father's heart. And that's what this book will do. So. Yes, it will. Yeah, like I said, it's not just revelation, but it, it, it causes an unveiling within, you know, because he dwells in 
us. We are one spirit sent into this world to have a human encounter. And, you know, when we got here, the world uh, conformed us to its image, its ways, its thought mindsets, its thoughts. And uh, so what we're doing is we're, we're coming back to who we've always been in him, to who we were created in love. And we're becoming love beings into the world. And so, you know, marked by love is just like opening a present. The words there just just pull the bow and begin to unwrap the gift and it, and, and of unveils. love who is the Father. He dwells in us, uh, just the gift that is in us. It just opens up for, for us to see and for the world to see, you know, and we uh, are impacted by this love to impact others. Yay. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm going to read again. <laughs> Yeah, you need to read it. You guys need to write part two. This is awesome. But thank you so much. You're so kind. (laughs) And I can't tell you how thrilled, how thrilled. You know how it is when you, when, when, when you kind of have a little baby and you release it to the world. And, you know, if, if, if like one person is impacted, you know, it's like, it's totally worth it. You know, obviously you want to impact your impact church, uh, you know, a lot and have a lot of influence, but it makes it all worthwhile. So thank you. That, yes. that totally blesses me. Yeah. And I love the way you've carried that revelation and made it your own. And that's really, you know, it's not my, re- I mean, it's just God's revelation in us and we get to, we get to unite and just go further, farther with it. So that's beautiful. Thank you. Right. And and I just really love the connection in the divine connection that God brought into our lives with you. Let me say that. And, and, uh, we love you. It's such a pleasure to see you. I mean, you were reading our bios and I'm smiling, you know, (laughs) you're reading about us and I'm like, wow, she's, it just sounds like we're special, you know, and and it's (laughs) just experiences and words. and, And that's what, that's what the life of God is all about is valuing ourselves so that we can value others, seeing that we're valued by God. And then we can embrace others and value them and value them the way God values us and love them the way God loves us. And that we become a many membered body where Jesus is the head and we're the body and we're functioning both this direction and outwardly in this direction. Vertical and horizontal. You know, and that, that's where our heart is really moving right now and, and the work that the Lord is doing at impact and, and everywhere we go. And we are so excited about that wow. because it, you know, he created us in Christ in this place where we were all one with another. But when we come into the world, and as Sheila said earlier, you know, we we both kind of went the route of religion, you know, do's and doctrine, don'ts. Doctrine, doctrine. Doctrine. Oh, wow. Doctrine. And um, that separated us as child, as children. And uh, when we grow up seeing, oh, wow, mommy, why are there so many churches in this town? Yeah. We didn't understand. It, it was portraying to us separation of God's body separation that we were indoctrinated with doctrine that separates. And so we had this stronghold and mentality that, you know, if things don't line up, then, you know, with what I believe, mm-hmm. then you just like another church. You just, you just got to go right. and find your people that believe just like you. Did you, you, did you ever feel with that, that, you know, well, before, if I meet a person, they say they're a believer, Christian, then I got to find out which camp they're in to see if I can hang out with them. And if yes. they're not, not aligned, it's like, okay, for them. bye. Um, yeah. Did you feel that pressure? I was that. I was the poster child. I would say, "Now, what church do you attend?" Oh well, we won't be friends because you know, you know, what I'm saying. I mean, this is the way we were grow. We grew up. Right. It's such a distorted picture of our father. We did not have the right nature. If you don't have the, if you don't have God's nature yes. correct, everything else is going to be built on yeah. a a, a, founda- a a faulty foundation. I'm going to use my so You know, and uh, this goes way back. Before Jesus' time, you know, that Saul numbered the nations, remember? Right. right. And, and just divided the nations. And of course, you know, when you think about uh, God and, and you say, well, we're God's chosen people, you know, and it's very easy for a nation to to exalt themselves with arrogance and pride. You know, we're God's chosen people. Almost reminds me of John. He says the disciple whom Jesus loved. Right. Right. <laughs> you know what he did? 
he wasn't arrogant in it because right. you you can just sense love, you know, exactly. from his writings. And you're the one he loves, and you're the one he loves, and you're the exactly. one, and you're chosen, 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 chosen. Yes. We are all the ones he loves because he loves us. He loves us. He loves us. And there's no separating us from that. It's just that John got the, 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 the full revelation of it, you know, and he was just sharing that. And we can all do the same too. When we talk to people, we are the, you know, I, I, hey, I'm the Rick that he loves. Come on. <laughs> you are. It's so beautiful. And I love that because it's really an identity statement, right? Because you're not saying just Jesus loves me. It's this verb thing going on. No, I'm, I'm, I'm the one who he loves. And that's every, that's every person's birthright. If you were conceived on planet earth, you're the one that he loves and he's relentless about that. Um, and it's not a behavior issue. It's not an in and out issue. It's not a doctrine issue. You're his child and you were that before you chose him. And if you run away from him for eternity, quote unquote, you're still his child. Right. And so, um, and so love is never up for grabs and love is what heals and brings life to us and brings us together. If we're all God's child, that means we're all each other's brothers and sisters, whether we call upon the name of Jesus or not, whether we, you know, whatever, what church we go to, uh, or not go to or whatever that yeah. is. And so g- give us more. I know you've got a ton in there about this oneness, about, about doctrines that divide and love that unites. However, yeah. that is just run, have fun. I'm having fun. With you know, and the root of, I've tried to understand the root, which I'm, he's still going to talk about the oneness thing, but um, the oneness concept and really the revelation, we'll revel in that in just a minute. But uh, I thought, what is the root of this doctrinal, split you know um encounters you know they they what, what did we say our title was re uh restate what it says what, what did i say hold on there was something brand, yeah, i'm sure it was brand, hold on let me know when you get it <laughs> love but, love yeah. i think it's um doctrines um love divide. unites doctrines divide mm-hmm. yeah love unites and doctrines divide and so what is the root of this division where, where where's the 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 platelet that, you know, causes the shift or whatever. And it's, I think it's fear-based because of the hell concept. Mm-hmm. You're so afraid you're going to be, um, you're right. going to miss it. Right. And so and I think people, they don't, they're not really, they don't have a, a, a set heart. Their, their heart's not postured to hurt or to split mm-hmm. or to, to pull away. It's a fear that they might believe the wrong thing about God. Exactly. Don't you think? Oh, I, I absolutely. I mean, you know, fear and love are, are, are what's that, what's what really what's going on, right? So perfect love casts out fear. That means there's a zero tolerance policy for fear. So fear is anti-love. And so we're not, when we're not resting in the fact that we're adored and, and resting in the fact that, oh my God, I'm adored even if I'm wrong with my doctrine. Mm-hmm. I'm adored even if I, I mean, you know, so I can afford to explore and trust God to be his masterful self, to lead me and guide me. But the exploration process means I need to be open to some things maybe I wasn't open to before. And that That's it's true. safe to be that way. Why? Because how yeah. masterful is God in keeping his own? Like he chose me before I voted to agree uh-huh. with him, right? And so uh-huh. and he chose you before you voted. And now happily we voted back so we can experience what it is to be in union with Christ, right? But, um, but we were already, that was already secured before the foundation of the world and our experience of that, our ability to walk that out totally about, um, getting into agreement and renewing our minds and all of that. But there's security that you can recline and explore and question things that I think we, that are kind of sacred cows. And listen, if it really is sacred, it will bear weight of questioning. God loves yeah. honest questions and honest explorations. But in your exploration, we need to do it with him, right? Yes. In communion with him, in, in discussing back and forth with him and being open to what he's saying while we're asking questions. You know, I mean, you guys are watching grandkids and when they have a question, you're like all ears. Let's talk. Right. You know what I mean? And, um, and, and with your kids, you know, well, yeah, let's, let's, these are great. Let's talk. 
God's such an amazing father. He loves to engage with his kids. Jesus is a rabbi and how they taught, you know, good teacher was back and forth back yeah. asking questions. Yeah. He would ask you questions to pull out of you what's going on inside of you and help you look at it and formulate for yourself. And as we do that, we get more rooted and grounded in what really is truth and what are the things that are, you know, non-negotiable. And then everything else, we may not get all the answers, but we're like secure in the one who is the answer. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm talking. You talk. I love no. you. You said that perfectly. That was a great explanation yeah. of what I was saying, but yeah. you did it much better. I love that. Well, you know, when we know that we are loved, okay, yeah. then we can be open to ask those questions. Absolutely. You know, we're we're not fearful. Mm-hmm. We're not afraid. We're not afraid to approach God with questions. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's kind of like in religion. You know, it's it's like uh, sometimes children might say, "Well, why can't I do this?" Because I said so. You know, and you know, and that's not the good response for our children who are asking questions. That rejects. Yeah, they don't learn anything. Them, right. You know, mm-hmm. and they feel, you know, over time they feel like they can't come to you with the questions that are being asked, and that's the way. You know, I was raised up in religion. You know, this is this way because God says this. Well, what about no? God says this, and this is the way it is. You know, and you better fall in line with this type of thing. And so, um, you know. Love gives us that opportunity and it provides the safe place for us just to be vulnerable, open and honest with our father who loves us, you know, and he's placed his spirit in us that even when we are asking questions, you know, and it's not just his spirit, but it is himself. You know, I think sometimes in that we um, break up. The Holy Trinity. We departmentalize, yes. <laughs> Which is our man-made we're one. <laughs> for God. Right. But, the, you know, the scripture says the Lord our God is one. one. And so he's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit all in one. And Holy Spirit is the Spirit of the Father, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of truth, the Spirit of peace, the Spirit of love. It's, it's all the same. It's just the Spirit of God. You know, in the Old Testament, they used to use that phrase, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. In in other words, it was that God that they 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 portrayed. It was that God that they were revealing in in their their actions, in their beliefs. You know, Abraham wasn't a man that preached a lot. He was just a man that tried to obey God and do the things he felt led to do, which is New Testament scripture for those who are led by the spirit. They are the sons of God and daughters and sons of God. You know, there's no gender, male or female. So they, we are the sons of God as we are led by the spirit. But this fear based mentality, which came in Adam and Eve, you know, when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you know, then came that fear. Exactly. You know, we've broken his commandment for that. Right. Totally alien. Because they were walking yes. with the one who is love. So yes. fear was totally alien. Shame was totally alien. Separation was totally, it just does not enter the consciousness of humanity until that. Yeah. So sorry, keep on going. Well, there yes. wasn't that duality mm-hmm. yes. until they ate of the tree of the knowledge of what? Good and evil. At that moment, there was an awakening to their surroundings, to a natural realm, to the physical realm, to the carnal realm. And there was this good and bad, right? Right and sin wrong. consciousness. You know, in this sin consciousness mm-hmm. and, and in this mistaken identity. And they kind of lost this place of oneness. Yes. They felt separated. And, you know, it's still Adam and Eve today. We are each Adam and Eve. We still have that choice. Whether we're going to believe that we're separated, mm-hmm. believe that our actions and our our words and our you know it's like behavioral management, if we get it wrong, behavioral management, then we're separated, and that's the whole premises for the doctrine and the separation. It all began, and each day we live that Adam and Eve story. We have a choice. Absolutely, absolutely. We can relate to ourselves in the delusion of separation. Or we can relate uh, with ourselves and God in the truth of union and oneness in the person of love. Yeah, thank you for looking for a scripture. Yes. You know, it's it's just amazing that we've told that story, which we know Moses wrote that story. How many years after? 
I mean, he he wasn't there. I think I think some religious people just believe that you know Moses was there watching that. But when we, you know, it, it's just so awesome about God because every every truth you just barely it's like an onion you barely start to peel and there's five thousand million more layers of the truth and that's why yeah ever learning and that's what's so exciting god please don't ever don't ever you know let me lose that desire to to say yes i had that wrong i'm seeing the full i saw it i saw it uh what does say you saw in um in corinthians you saw through a glass darkly you know yes Yes. But there's work, there's clarity. God brings clarity more in it. Again, that when you're holding His heart of love, okay, talk about witness. You know, and so you know what the fear-based mindset does? It leads to performance-based. Yes. Oh my. That I must do something right. to be accepted. Put clothes on, they and say. we don't realize we are accepted in the beloved, and not at the moment that we said. You know, Jesus, forgive me my sins. I believe on you. Come and live in me, you know, type right. thing. No, it was before the foundation of the universe. Yeah, exactly. According to Ephesians 1 and 4. And so when we come into this place of an, of an awareness mm-hmm. that we are spirit beings, mm-hmm. right? right? Having an earthly human encounter. Like Jesus did. Like Jesus did when he came. Then that we are not humans mm-hmm. trying to have a spiritual experience mm-hmm. uh, then our whole perception changes and when our perception changes and we begin to see yes. from the eyes of the eternal one mm-hmm. we can see eternity then we can begin to understand love mm-hmm. because love is not what God does Love is who he is. Always has been and always will be unchanging. He is love. And you know, the performance-based uh, mindset uh, brought by men, you know, I do really believe that when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments, that they weren't commandments, do this, do this, do this. No, they were revelations, prophecies, prophecies of who we are in Christ, you know, and who we are in the beloved, who we've always been in the beloved, that we have the nature of God, nature, his nature of grace in us to empower us and to enable us to be who he says we are and to do what he says we can do. And so in this place of awareness, of awakening, you know, we got saved <laughs> when I grew up. You got saved because the preacher said you were going to hell and you didn't want to go there. Mm-hmm. Right. No, we were not awakened to the truth of Holy Spirit. Well, like explain that about that was so good about uh, Nicodemus said, how can I be born? He said, Jesus said you had to be born. Yes. Explain well, that. I was just about to go to Nicodemus. Okay. So maybe that, that well, must be mind, that must mind. be the right thing. You're right place to go right now. And, you know, so Nicodemus came to Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. And Nicodemus was a Pharisee. He was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He was a great teacher. Mm -hmm. And he came to Jesus and he said, good teacher. (laughs) What is this going on? You know, we see the things you're doing and we know that no one can do these miracles that you do. Except that God is, catch this, with him. Honestly, (laughs) wow, yes. But he was open in where he was, Mm -hmm. you know, and Jesus' response to him was, well, you know what, Nicodemus? You couldn't even know or associate these miracles with the Father, except you had a beginning in him. (laughs) And so uh, immediately Jesus began to bring Nicodemus to a revelation of a truth that he had never gotten through the law. He became awakened to not being born again because he was so earthly minded. He's still thinking the world, the earth, the worldly minded, I should say not earthly minded, of a natural birth. Mm-hmm. But he awakened him to you have a, he was really telling him in so many words, you have available to you the mind of Christ to live from that place. And being born again means I'm awakened to who I've always been. 
Yeah. And so when Jesus told Nicodemus, he said, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Mm -hmm. What Nicodemus say? What do you mean? How am I an old man can go back into my mother's womb and be born a second time? And, you know, that was the key there with Nicodemus. He was still missing it because while he was talking about a second birth, Jesus was talking about another birth. You know, when you were created, when you were formed, when God said, let us create man in our image before the foundation of the universe, before time began, before Genesis began, that we were created in him and in this oneness, in this place where we were all one in him. And uh, so Nicodemus wasn't getting it. And so they pressed on and Jesus pressed him a little further. And he said, how is it that you're such a great teacher you know, uh, and yet you don't understand the heavenly, you you get these earthly things. You got that down, but, uh, what about the heavenly things? What about the spiritual? What about the eternal? You know, I I love what the scripture says about Jesus that he walked on the earth, but yet he lived in the heavens. So good. Right. And that's who we're, we are to become. We got to realize this is not just about a walk on the earth, a walk in the earth. And we're trying to, you know, get to heaven one day. But Jesus told the people that uh, were with him at that time, just pray your kingdom come. Your will be done in this earthen vessel and let it be as it is in heaven now, you know. And so uh, Jesus knew where he came from before he was born into this world. Yes. Our being born of our mother in this world is not our genesis. Mm-hmm. Our right. origin is from the beginning. And that's what Jesus said when to Nicodemus, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven, right? And so what he was saying was the word born again means that you bring forth, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a bringing forth. The mother brings forth a child, but there's something in us that must be brought to the forefront, awakened in us to become aware of, and then from above actually should have been translated from the beginning, not a beginning as in Genesis, but from the beginning when God said, let us create man in our image and in our likeness. And we were uh, his offspring. And so he said, except you bring the reality forth in your own mind, in your own heart, and you begin to realize that your origin is from the beginning in God, in Christ, inseparable, in love, flawless, right? And all holy (laughs) for our God is holy about, oh, he's a holy God. We can't, no, 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 no. We're in him, in his image, in his likeness in him, uh, in him, through him, for him, by him, all these things, right? And in him, we live and move and have our being. And we're trying to come back to that place of awareness as we walk out in the natural realm in this earth so that we may be the visible image of the invisible God in this natural realm. You know, this teaching just really, this revelation, I should say, just really, I look at Jesus from a whole different lens about when he said, I see, I do only do what I see the father do. I mean, he was showing us step by step how to live from the spirit. Exactly. You know, and see, this is what doctrine, you know, I was go back to our topic about doctrine. You know, there's so much mixture in churches today. There's, and it's, it's like schizophrenia. It's just, it's miserable. You've got, you know, you've got, you're trying to believe the doctrine and it's all got to line up with the word, right? right? Which none of them have the word. You know, they had Isaiah, but none, but we made the Bible the idol. I mean, I don't, I'm, that's probably offensive, but you well, want to say something about that? I mean, sometimes it's accurate. I mean, sometimes we need to be shaken up in how we're relating to things because relate relating to them in a fallen way. And sometimes you can't, you, you got to get shaken up and kind of challenged and whatever is really true is going to stand weight. But sometimes if it's really not, it's like, wait a second, no, that really doesn't. 
And so you're not trying to offend, but you are, you are challenging. We're talking about doctrines that divide. So, which means these are mindsets that we camp around. And so I yes. camp here and you camp there and they camp around, uh, something else and whatever. And we're all divided. But, you know, God said that we're one. We were his before we were d- camped around anything else, right? And so, um, and so it's up to the spirit of truth who is the person. See, love and truth are never at odds. It's the same person. Um, and it's up to him to lead us and guide us into all truth. And it's going to look like love because we have one commandment and that is to love as he loves, which is impossible apart from him, except we're not apart from him. And so we're going to have to recline yes. and lean into that union to be able to look at one another as brothers and sisters, even though we may disagree because I, I haven't got it all figured out, I guarantee you. Um, but um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm growing, I'm all of that stuff and I'm open and I'm not assuming that if you disagree from me, you're wrong. Um, and if I disagree from you, I'm wrong. I'm saying, Jesus, where am I disagreeing with you? Because that's wrong. <laughs> and you as the word, not, not the, not scripture, but you as the word get to point to the scripture that talks of you and help me understand it in what it's really saying versus through the lenses that I've created that filter it and make it say something that it doesn't say. And so, and, and we gather around these things. Um, and, and we get mean. It's just, it's crazy. We get mean, we get rejecting. And, um, and that has driven people away. We have this lovely God who's all inclusive and is relentlessly pursuing each and every human being in the areas that they don't know him. And so that God has drawn us together as one and is helping us to awaken to the fact that we're, we're, we're one. So it, union, unity doesn't mean agreement. It means agreeing over the thing that matters, which is the person of, of love, the person who is God, right? And, and gathering around that and letting him unveil what that looks like. Because sometimes if you're born in a Muslim cult, culture, you're born with a God that is not Jesus. Except the Holy Spirit is able to work with within your heart to reveal who he really is. And so um, I think sometimes we get very, um, we get in and out. Uh, we get, I'm in, you're out. And we we divide. And you have to allow people their process. And you have to trust Holy Spirit in that process to lead them and guide them into into all truth. And sometimes I think we think that, that, you know, if, if we don't get there and convince someone of the truth, however we see it, um, you know, um, part of the fear is that they're going to end up in hell and eternal conscious torment. And part of it, they're just going to be wrong. And part of it is pride because I'm right and you're wrong. But whatever that is, Holy Spirit is the one to lead and guide into all truth. And he is masterful at his job. And so we do need to let him as we're relating, we're letting him move through us and bring us all up higher. And then also um, sharing what we have, but trusting Holy Spirit inside to convict because those convinced against their will are of the same opinion still. <laughs> and right. So, you know, we're not here to be right. We're here to gather around. That's the right. Majors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most it's sad. Most churches we have been a part of. They never studied the history of the Bible. There's a real sophisticated word. Dr. K says, I can't say it. It sounds like rotisserie. But his history, do you know what I'm talking about? I don't know. Say it, Ricky. History. Yeah, anyway, it's when we study the Bible, the history, because like, that's where a lot of the, we can't agree because we don't understand who it was written to. It was written for us, but who was it written to? Exactly. And so, you know, why, like Matthew, why would God tell us, you know, people say, Jesus is coming today. He's coming today. He's coming today. You know, we've been saying that since I think the seventies. It was real, well, forever. But anyway, um, but why would he write 2000 years ago? The end is near, you know, so we got, we had to understand who it was written to the fall of Rome. And, 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 and that's why we have the history is so important. And that's where we have the doctrinal issues because they, they're, they're not, they're not, uh, understanding who it was written to, right. you know, and, and, and the time and the era and the culture and all this plays into it. And so, so that's why Paul said, I desire to know nothing of you than what? 
Christ. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could all gather and just see what God sees in each other, mm-hmm. the love, just and, and see ourselves in each other and see him because we are as he is. So are we in the earth? And so that, you know, doctrine to me is is so I mean, I don't care to know what you know unless I know how much you care. So you could know, you can have the whole, you can memorize the Torah, but that's not going to change me and help me to see God. I want to see it in you. And so love, you know, this is a big criticized word nowadays uh, and, you know, of grace and love because they think it's sloppy grace. and Oh, it's just love. It's just love. Well, God is love. So you're saying, oh, it's just God. Right. You know, it's just God. Exactly. Grace is a person. And and grace is yeah. a person and a spirit. Grace right? is a Holy person. Spirit. Absolutely. And so um, and 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 the tall order of acting, uh, being led by the spirit of grace, being led by love, being all of that and loving as Christ loves. There is nothing sloppy about that. That will torch everything in you that is not of love's kind. And that's God, that's that conformity into the image and likeness of God. So there's nothing wimpy about it. And it can be kind of brutal at times because sometimes there's ugly in me that I need to look at. So I get out of agreement with that. And probably one of the ugliest things that we tend to have is the spirit of religion. Because it's nasty. It's nasty burger. And is not, it is not lovely. And it, and it brings death. And you look at the fruit and it's everything but the fruit of the spirit. And so yes. there's a reason why the first fruit of the spirit is love. That everything else stems from that. That's yes. the first. And, and, the, and, and the description of that is patient and kind. If we just like camped out there, oh my goodness, yes. would that cover a multitude of issues yes. that we have that we're patient and kind. I'm so grateful for the people that have been and are patient and kind with me. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for God's forbearance in every place in me that doesn't look like love yet. And I'm yes. preaching it, right? You know what I mean? Yes. But, right? And I'm just, I'm grateful for that. And I lean into that because I know that's what God is doing in every single yeah. person. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, you talked about this and we'll go into something else, but you said every little camp. Why are they called camps? Because they camped out. It, it was a great revelation. The Baptists have a great revelation. Yeah, they do. I mean, a baptism. The uh, Presbyterians have a great revelation of that we are predestined. The, the Pentecostals understand the awakening of the Holy Spirit. Who else? The Methodists. I'm hitting my husband in the face. He can say, you're going to knock me out in a minute. Uh, the Methodists, you know, mythology. So we, they had a great revelation, but they camped out. And then, then let's break it down now. That's, let's outline, we've outlined that. Now let's break it down into, break these paragraphs down into ABC. A church focus might be worship. A church focus might be the word. And so we all, we're all trying to find what sticks out to us in the Bible, what highlights our experience with God. And we can't, we can't cross pollinate. We can't understand. We're not getting the, we're not seeing that God is, is so much bigger than any of that. I mean, it's just, there's no end, no beginning. And so the first principle, like we said, I believe the first line upon line is that you have to know your oneness and that oneness, even though it's oneness, the irony, the irony of it all, the expansion of God is, you know, in a, in a multi-dimensional God, you know, the facets. So that's where yeah. I think our era gets, gets into. Yeah. I think we could talk like for hours and hours because she's saying things and I'm thinking, okay, okay. okay. But, uh, you know, I always say if there's 7.8 billion people on the face of the earth, then there are 7.8 billion places expressions, in Christ expressions of God. and expressions of God and in the revelation and an unveiling of God. You know, and so, hey, none of us see everything eye to eye, you know. And when Jesus came into the world, he made this statement. You have heard it said, but I say to you, because when God uh, spoke to the men of old, when the spirit inspired men, they were inspired to write the things of God. But they didn't always have full understanding of the things of God. And they wrote it according to their view and their mindsets where they were. And we took all of that and we ran with it. And Jesus was saying, you've heard these things said, but I say to you, you know, and even nowadays in the Gospels, Jesus quoted some of the Old Testament verses and scriptures to to those people there 
out of sarcasm. He was being sarcastic to the religious leaders, right? you know, and yet we take it and we make it doctrine, so, you know, and the doctrine separates and the doctrines of what we as men say, well, I believe this about God, but I don't believe that, you know, just like earlier, you know, you were talking about grace. Even recently, I heard a preacher just slamming, talking about sloppy grace, sloppy grace. Well, you know what? Grace is a person. Uh, you know, people really don't understand that there's a difference between grace and mercy. You know, his mercies are new every day, you know, but grace is the empowering presence of God that enables us. Grace is a person. Grace is his nature. Great. When, when we look to him, grace empowered his presence empowers us to be who he says the truth of the word is for us. And so for us to say sloppy grace, we're saying sloppy God. Sloppy God, you know, and and that's not the way that things should be. But it's amazing how our doctrines will always point back to what men think, what we think. And then we join up with those who we think like they think and they are we are like minded and we don't accept anything else. We're not challenged by the Holy Spirit. And, you know, and it's not just God speaking to us. The Holy Spirit speaks through us to one another. So it's you know, really and so, communicating and connecting. So as we talk about, you know, love unites, it brings us together. It shows us that we are not only one with him, you know, and, and this other phrase, a personal relationship with Jesus. You've got to have a personal relationship with Jesus. Well, the word says, if you don't love your brothers whom you have seen, how can you love God whom you have not seen? Right. right. <laughs> So, we, you know, it's not just me and God and then I can judge you and hate you and talk about you and, you know, stay away from you. No, when we encounter love, it's it's the love of the father that causes us and and births uh, uh, a new awareness of a love for one another. We just love one another and we're not interested, you know, in putting doctrine and the teachings of man above who God is and who we are in him is, you know, a long time ago, uh, it was prophesied us over 25 years ago, I guess. And, and, uh, and, and a revelation that it was said to me, God has shown you that the kingdom is like a family. Oh, and it is. Yeah. It's family. We call our church impact family. When I address mm-hmm. them, it's the impact family. We are feast. all one. We have, you know, a love feast on Sunday. We've even changed the order of our services. I told you, you know, and, and the way we do things, there's no more songs and offering and preaching. I'm not preaching sermons. We want to share words. We want interaction. We want testimonies. We want songs. We want tongues and interpretation of tongues. And, and the, you know, this has been about five weeks now. We sit at tables. We, we come together like a family sitting around, but we have allowed in the churches doctrine to separate us. We hear something we don't agree with, and instead of going to the Lord with it and saying, Lord, uh, show me, what does this mean? Is, is, you know, is this the truth of your word? Are you bringing me into a greater truth? You know, I don't believe what I believed 20 years ago. I don't believe what I believe. I don't believe what I believe five days ago. You know, every day I'm being taught the Holy Spirit is guiding us into all truth. But, you know, I've seen so many times in the churches where somebody would say, well, you know what? You said this and I don't agree with that. and We're going somewhere else. Or lots of times people don't even tell you. They just quit coming and you wonder what's happened to them. Then you hear through the grapevine that they're calling you a heretic or a devil, you know, and doctrines cause us to do that. And that's crazy because the thing is this, um, we don't even, I don't even agree with myself half the time. I'm like, okay, I don't know where I am. (laughs) But I still love myself. I'm in relationship with myself. So we don't have to, we don't have to agree. You can passionately disagree, say, take eternal conscious torment. You can passionately disagree about that, but man, we love each other and we don't yes. allow it to divide. We can passionately disagree about so many different things and that is okay. You know, there's enough mystery in the Bible to kind of keep us going. If God wanted yeah. us to really get every little bit, he would have been really clear. 
And I know a lot of yeah. times we say, it's so clear, the word says. No, it's really not. No, because, no. <laughs> um, but, you know, and, but so we need to have humility, but in the place where we can passionately disagree, and that is totally fine. Let's be passionate for one another. Let's be passionately in love with one another. That's heaven on earth. And, yes. um, and, you know, where we just, we just disagree. You know, and that doesn't necessarily make one wrong, make one right. And maybe it does. But even if you're wrong, I can passionately love you. But really, I just disagree. It's okay. We're not going to, it's not, love is never up for grabs. Being one with my brothers and sisters is not up for grabs. Um, and, um, and, 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 and part of that disagreement is, you know, yeah, we, I mean, there's a lot we don't know, uh, is, is not, God is so, complex and mysterious that there's more facets facets of him to know all the time and that's what makes him intoxicatingly fascinating i mean he's the one that you can gaze at for eternity and never get bored if you're bored with god you are not relating to the real god he he, you you stopped growing and he kept on being himself (laughs) um so um but so it's okay to disagree but it's not okay to divide and using right. a doctrine to beat each other up is is so it's antichrist. It is antichrist. It's anti. You know, this is what's wrong with the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we every love has not been our message. I will say it, and we have all these humanitarian uh, that we give money to, which is great, but they want to see it in action. Right? They want to see us getting along. I mean, and you know, that's what why the church it? is has not made such an impact. You know, if, if you're, ta- if, you know, I tell, you know, in Orangeburg where we live, if the culture is not changing, if the crime is not going down, if, you know, if jobs are, if the economy is not going up, if, um, you know, if there's murders or the statistics of murders and STDs and, and abortions and see love conquers all that because when we speak to who they really are, all that takes care of. When they realize they have a mistaken identity, that's not who they are. When they understand that oneness that they've always been one with God. I had the funniest vision when you were talking. I saw everyone had an inside telescope. Okay. They had this telescope inside. Everybody's ever been born, ever lived, ever will live. And the only thing you can see in that telescope is God. So some people have a more advanced lens. Some people have a more, you know, and so everybody, if they're breathing, they have God in it. You know what I'm saying? And so, but their telescope has not been adjusted, mm-hmm. you know, and their culture and their family has, has caused this telescope to be custom made, you know? Right. And so if we look at everybody like that, everybody has God. Everybody has God in them. Everybody's breathing the spirit of God. Absolutely. They're just their lens, their lens, you know, their telescope is not working correctly or it's not the script. You don't have the right lens or the right. I don't know much about telescope. I just had a funny vision. Yeah. God speaks to me then and I get things, it's but I just so, so childlike, you know, no, it's, but see. that's how you grab a hold of it. Right. Or sometimes there's so much crap flying around. You got crap all over your lens and it, it makes the right. world and God and people exactly. look like crap. <laughs> you know? And so, you know, right. And we project that onto God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, the scriptures even say that he's placed in every man the measure of faith, you know, and where does faith come from? It comes from love. You know, in Psalms, it says love, his spirit, his presence. In Psalms, it says, uh, I have placed eternity. That's David. He got a peek of it. And I, and it's in Psalms. I was trying to find it. I placed eternity in every heart. Right. Every eternity is put in every heart. God, God's eternity, you know? Yes. Well, let's just take a look. Beings because we're, we're created. We're of his essence. So of course we're eternal beings. We're of his essence. And so, um, so that is, um, that's in us. And that's why we hate death or, or sickness or, um, ugliness. That's why we're drawn to beauty because God created a beautiful, uh, creation of beautiful humanity. He created, um, he created life. He's light. And so there's something in us that rises up and says, that's wrong. And that's how sometimes, uh, the world, the world, quote unquote, those that don't know Christ or know him, maybe would, wouldn't call him what they know. <laughs> um, anyway, um, uh, they're, they're, um, they have this intrinsic, that's wrong. That's wrong. Like, no, that, that's really, and you're right. It's wrong because that eternity and that, that spirit within you is saying, ding to ding, ding, this is wrong. Right. And so, um, and, and that, and we can gather around that and we literally have to violate our own humanity sometimes in order to conform to some of these ugly scriptures. 
right? Yeah. And so God doesn't want us violating who he created us to be in order to conform to something that we think he is that's not even him. Uh, he's in the process of unveiling and conforming, uh, but not causing us to violate our original design and the essence of who we are. Right. You know, and even take a look at, you know, just our individual families, our natural families uh, here in, in this life. Uh, we don't always agree. We don't see eye to eye. We don't have the same marriage. beliefs. That, yeah, even marriages as well. We two become one. <laughs> How's that going to happen? But uh, outside of, of realizing, you know, God and love and things. But, you know, families, they argue. They don't see eye to eye. They have different opinions. How much do our children's, our children as they're growing up don't see things the way we see things, you know? And, uh, you know, some families fight and occasionally, uh, families separate and don't have anything to do with each other. But most of the time, no matter what the argument is, we're still family, right? We're still family. That's how family. You know what? We might fight. But you better not come against my family type mentalities. Right. Yeah. It's so <laughs> but, true. And I'm not going to reject you way. because you disagree with me. Love is right. never up for grabs. And so, and, you know, even at times when we violate love, I think we come right back exactly. to this place of oneness in the family. Of course. But it's not been that way in the kingdom of God because the churches have separated themselves and within the church, the members separate themselves when there's something they don't agree with. And it's and instead of it's just saying, you know what, you are bone of my bone yes. and flesh of my flesh and I am here to love you. What, you know, whether you think I'm right or wrong, whether I think you're right or wrong, our relationship is more important than our doctrine. And I'm going to write a book. I just thought about it. Yeah. Holy, civil, holy civil wars. Ooh, wow. <laughs> That'll be a book. What a title. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, the civil war, that's what it was all about. in the natural, you know, wow. we live in the South, so we know all about the civil war. Oh, but, yeah, but, you know, it, it's this place of, of love. Jesus said, this is the way they're going to know you're my disciples, my yes. followers, my, my children is that you have love one for another you know and what they went through after jesus you know departed from their their visible mist uh, is that you know some of them were martyred they were persecuted and yet they did not turn away from this love and this embracing one another i mean that's that's all they had in you know in the natural realm was each other right you know right Wow. Yes. That's so amazing. Well, we could, I, we could stop, talk for hours for sure. We totally could. And I can't believe I just looked up. I was like, ah, oh, wow. Well, it's one of us. Damn, look at that. <laughs> but you know what I want to encourage people is, is to, uh, allow God's love to permeate your being, awaking you until you realize you're one with Him, never separated. There's nothing you could do to ever make Him love you more. And there's nothing you could do to ever make him love you less. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And grow in that love and that confidence until you become love and you're able to release that love and love everybody unconditionally through all their conditions that you still love them. And you are determined to love them into this place of oneness to where they feel not your love, but the father's love. And, you know, that's our heart's desire. And don't let doctrines and anything else pull you away from this journey, from this quest, from and don't this let mission. the fear of being wrong or missing it pull you out of that. You, you will never go wrong camping out with a person of love who's leading you and guiding you into all truth and to love one another. Wow. Well, you guys are flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. You guys are awesome. And I, <laughs> and I'm, I thank you so much for coming on. I, 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 I hope you'll come back again because clearly we have more that we can just uh, camp out on and, and yes. all of that. And I want, did want to do a little promo. I am coming out in August 9th uh, to be uh, with you guys. Me, 7th and 8th. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so 7th, 7th and 8th. Sorry, yes. That's what I'm leaving. So August 7th and 8th to go to Impact Church in Orangeburg, South Carolina, um, and to uh, visit with you and share and enjoy. It's going to be amazing. Now, if people want to get in contact with you, how do they get in contact with you guys? 
Facebook, we have Impact Church Orangeburg, but uh, what's easier to get in touch with us is Rick and Sheila. That's one word, Rick, A-N-D, Sheila, S-H-E-I-L-A, Watts. Last on night, Facebook. On Facebook. That's the best way to get in touch with us. Message us or whatever. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. We would love for you all to come and come and encounter love. I'm telling you, well, um, there are people that when you come in their presence, you sense you you recognize love and dr Catherine toon oh, is yes. love personified in this earth so come and encounter love uh august 7th on and another 8th. level yes. two two meetings on saturday and one on sunday morning thank you so much and make sure that if you're in the area um definitely check out impact church it is such a beautiful i i come go there and i it's like coming home every time uh, and you will be well-loved and well-treated and connect with Rick and Sheila on Facebook. Uh, and I, you guys will come back, right? Yes, yes, we should. Awesome. Love that. Awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh, make sure you share this with someone. And everybody have a fabulous, fabulous day. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. For additional information and resources, please visit katherinetoon.com.